Pride goes before the fall. Before the Titanic set sail, someone is said to have remarked, not even God can shrink this, can sink this ship. In 1812, Napoleon Bonaparte invaded Russia with an army of 600,000 troops, but they didn't bring jackets, so when winter came, he lost three quarters of his army. Or perhaps the most epic of all, Satan's attempt to rebel against God's rule in heaven. Pride goes before the fall. The more I puff myself up, the harder I'm gonna come down. If I were to show you a group photo and you knew that you were in it, who's the first person you're gonna look for? (laughs) You. Today we are going to talk about the thing which is the root of all of our character faults and sins. And that is pride. We have to be careful when we talk about pride because pride is one of those things that is easier to recognize in other people than it is to to see in ourselves. And I should just say this up front, just so you don't think I am a hypocrite, I'm gonna let you know I am a hypocrite. (laughs) Because even though I believe everything we're gonna talk about today to be true, these are all things that I'm struggling with myself. And we're also, we're gonna flip the coin on pride. Because while pride goes before the fall, it is humility that is the path to future growth. We're in week two of our message series called work in progress, and our starting point is this. You and I have that inherited brokenness called original sin, and on account of that brokenness, there will always be parts of your life that need work. So until you get to heaven, you will always be a work in progress. Last week we talked about how you can become tired or weary in this ongoing process of spiritual growth, and that there are two keys to perseverance, prayer, and being surrounded by good people who lift you up. As an aside, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who makes our ministry possible with your financial giving. Um, It's true, as we say at Mass, your giving makes all of our ministry possible. And just as an example of this, right now we have our Jumpstart program going, and there are 40 adults in our community who are going through that, getting their spiritual batteries charged and asking uh, the big questions of faith and life, and you are a big part of making that happen, so thank you. And if you're thinking about Jumpstart, hey, I really wanted to do that, but the time didn't work or I just wasn't, wasn't ready, I've got good news. We'll be running Jumpstart again in early January, so it's not too early to make a New Year's resolution. <laughs> Pride goes before the fall. Just to be clear, we're not talking about pride as that sort of warm-hearted admiration that you have for a son, a daughter, or your college alma mater. No, we're talking about pride as that inordinate esteem of yourself. At its extreme, pride refuses to accept one's dependence on God or, or anyone else for that matter. Pride reveals itself as thinking you're better than other people by boasting, 
And it often ends with hypocrisy when you don't live up to that false picture you paint of yourself. In his great book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis describes pride as a spiritual cancer. For he says, it eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. Pride goes before the fall because it says I can do it on my own or I'm something I'm not when I can't do it on my own and I'm not. But humility paves the path to future growth because it recognizes your need for help and it acknowledges both your strengths and your weaknesses. In today's gospel, Jesus is continuing his journey to Jerusalem and his audience includes disciples, Pharisees, and a bunch of others who were just curious about what he had to say. The gospel began. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Simply put, Jesus is talking to the people who are afflicted with pride. And one of the side effects of pride is is puffing yourself up so that you can look down on others. And we see this to a T in the Pharisee who spoke this prayer to himself. Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. By comparing himself to others and putting down the tax collector, the Pharisee does not thereby lift himself up. In fact, by looking down on others, he fails to look up and see how God looks at his wayward children. And by not looking up, he fails to see that he, in fact, is one of those wayward children. The Pharisee concludes his prayer by boasting to God, I fast twice a week. I pay tithes on my whole income. Pride can be a powerful motivator, but pride is always a corrupting motivator because pride is based on comparison and competition. Pride doesn't ask, am I the best that I can be? No, pride simply asks, am I better than you? Am I richer, more successful, better looking, smarter, whatever it is than you? It comes down to comparison. And that's why the prideful person often has low self-esteem. As a spiritual cancer, pride puts enmity between you and God and you and others. For instance, pride might give you drive, but it's the expense at the expense of your happiness and your family when you become a workaholic. Or pride might make you push your kids to be excellent, but not because you want what's best for them, it's what's gonna make them happy and holy, but because of how they reflect on you. That's how pride, it sneaks in to corrupt good things. Pride made the Pharisees' good actions of fasting and tithing lose their value 
because to him, they were merely badges that said, I'm special, not means by which he could grow in love of God and his neighbor. Now let's contrast the Pharisee with the tax collector. The tax collector made three humble gestures as he prayed, and we read, he stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed. With these gestures, the tax collector showed his humility and his sincere repentance as he prayed, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The key difference between the tax collector and the Pharisee was that the tax collector knew he was a work in progress, while the Pharisee could not accept that he had room to grow. Humility is the path to future growth because from the bottom, the only way is up. And when you're humble, you can ask for help. And when you're humble, you have stronger relationships because you're not constantly comparing yourself to others. And when you're humble, you can accept that you are a work in progress and you can continue to grow. The Pharisee walked into the temple with pride, but then came the fall. As Jesus said, he did not leave justified because whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And then came the important part for the tax collector and for us. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. True greatness is not something that you can take for yourself. True greatness is something that you have to receive as a gift. Humility is the path to future growth because it helps you learn, adapt, be flexible, and build relationships. Here are a few practical things that you can do to grow in humility. One, acquire a sincere knowledge of yourself by acknowledging your strengths and your faults. Two, accept patiently the daily humiliations and difficulties that come your way. Number three, and this is a hard one, consider others as being better than yourself. And number four, turn to God in prayer, asking for help and being thankful for everything that he's given you is a gift. So two questions for your reflection. What is one area of your life where your pride could be a prelude to a fall? And number two, how can humility help you grow as a work in progress?